and it's, uh, it's like really like it's like I have to listen to this every day because even though it's coming out a, sort of a day after the events it's like they tape it and you, see, you hear it the next morning yeah you know, I know all the you know you want to hear his take on things and the other people on the show and it's just really professional it's not like this yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not like this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Where, where's the, where's I the, do edit this, by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're not live right now? Rolling on the 105. 105. I don't drink when I drive. I don't but I gotta do it high, blow smoke in the sky It's something you should try Swear to God it's a vibe, got the stainless on my side This pretty thing by my side Says she rolling with the vibe, yeah she rolling with the vibe She rolling with the vibe 2am I was all alone Lamborghini truck in the Sade All day long just calling my phone You and your friends wanna tag along I was all alone Lamborghini truck in the Sade All day long just calling my phone You and your friends wanna tag along You and your friends You and your friends You and your friends If I'm stunting and I'm stunting If I'm dripping and I'm dripping Lambo truck with blue laces Tell Nipsey it's crippin' Still the 60, still shoot it with precision He's a grown man, boss, you niggas sit down while you pissing Picture me rolling like Pac, nigga But I ain't Pac, nigga I be in that Beamer with a cock, nigga Death row chain just for the trip, I'm not affiliated Westside, nigga, so they really hate it I be out in Las Vegas At the MGM By the crap tables And some MCM And it's Monday, I'm looking like somebody MCM Niggas better watch they bitches, I be in DMs Baby Lane killed Pac, niggas killed Baby Lane Buntry was bustin' back, Heron died in his chain A fatal car crash killed Fatal Hussein R.I.P. Gaddafi, riding down memory lane Rollin' on the 105, I don't drink when I drive But I gotta do it high, blow the smoke in the sky It's something you should try, swear to God it's a vibe Got the stainless on my side, this pretty thing by my side Says she rollin' with the vibe, yeah she rollin' with the vibe she rolling with the vibe. She rolling with the vibe. 2 a.m. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends wanna tag along. 2 a.m. I was all alone. Lamborghini truck in the shade. All day long, just calling my phone. You and your friends wanna tag along. Now I'm back in LA, riding down sunset with my clip full, watching the sunset. Cause this shit cool, life be like that. I'm just trying to catch a vibe, nigga. See some bitches, roll some trees, and get high, nigga. Run up on my Lambo, that's suicide, nigga. Pistol grip, pump on my lap at all times. If the nigga Brian Brian rap, it probably sound like this. 
somewhere between cube and kiss I can't miss documentary, Dr. Zaff When niggas was really going platinum on the math Executive produced by Dr. Dre, but that's the past But even now, you play with Dre's name, I'm on your ass Rolling on the 105 I don't drink when I drive But I gotta do it high Blow the smoke in the sky It's something you should try Swear to God it's a vibe Stainless on my side This pretty thing by my side Says she rolling with the vibe she rolling with the vibe She rolling with the vibe Welcome to part two of Rob Ross the Rob Ross Experience here on Birchwood Podcast. It is I, your host, Shane Ogden, the funniest guy in this car at the moment. Yes, what a glowing recommendation for myself. Well, what can I say? It's been the week from hell. Um, we had some bad news in our family, and I, I, I don't know that I'm allowed to say anything. I will, uh, I will say this. Leishi's dad is very sick, and we're all very sad, and, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, right? And, uh, you know, things are happening uh, with Punchlines Comedy Club and with uh, work, the uh, heat pump place that I work. Uh, Man, I do love my job. There's lots of work still. Very lucky. But, uh, but, there's a but, huh? There should never be a but. It just, I'm sad, man. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's, um, sometimes you can't help it. You know, you, you get that feeling, that, uh, that sad feeling. You want to keep pushing. You want things to get better. I dropped you on the floor. Hold on. Uh, where are you? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I dropped the recorder on the floor. I picked it up again, of course. Trying not to look because I'm trying to be safe, you know, safe drivers, all that stuff. So yeah, um, what can I say, man? It's kind of a bummer, you know, but uh, what can I say? Look, lots of great things coming up. There's Christmas, right? Oh, we, we got a little, uh, Got a little sadness in the old uh, cranial system there. The brain, my brain, meat, has some sorrow. What can I do about it? I think tonight, I'm going to get a hot shower. I'm going to try to, you know, pick a show or a podcast, something that I enjoy, and let it play while I drift off to sleep. I wonder if I'm anybody's sleep podcast. Is my podcast too exciting? Do I yell too much? You know, is this something you could listen to while you fall asleep? I can be that for you, right? If this can't be blockbuster entertainment, it could be at least a soundtrack to your slumber. And that will be wonderful, and at least it will be something for you, right? Right. Oh God, man! I and I, you know I, I was in the hospital. I've been in the hospital the past few days, and uh, there's moments, man. There's moments in the hospital that are like, oh my God! I, how can I put it? There's moments in the hospital 
that make you uh, think about your place in the world. I don't know. Like, okay, so we're sitting in the TV room. We're watching some TV. And uh, this lady keeps moaning. Now, there's two schools of thought on what she's actually saying. But she's going, oh, right? Now, some people think she's saying hello, and other people think she's saying Joel. And we can't tell. And this lady just repeatedly shouts out, and I guess the nurses have already spoken to her several times, and they can't really make any sense of, of it. And what ends up happening is uh, she keeps hollering, Joel! Anyway, you know, so there's... There's that going on, right? And we closed the door to the TV room and we still heard this lady, Joel, hello, right? And uh, so that's going on. And then this lady uh, that had trouble breathing had uh, some kind of oxygen tank. So she comes in sounding like Darth Vader. So it's like, Joel, Joel. And there's like things on the TV saying it's the best Christmas ever. And we're just like, what the fuck, universe? <laughs> somebody finally said, she goes, Joel! And somebody said, he's not here! One of the other patients lost patience with that patient. Yeah, so that was, uh, what a, what a terrible place, the hospital. It bums me out. Yeah, nobody likes it, I don't think, right? Um, so anyway, I hope you're uh, feeling good. It is December the 6th. And uh, tonight, if you're in the St. John, New Brunswick area, uh, Jimmy Flynn will be on stage. Jim Jimmy Flynn is a Christmas comedy musical show. Musical comedy show. Christmas comedy musical show. Musical comedy Christmas show. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's Jimmy Flynn. So if you don't know who Jimmy Flynn is, he's been uh, doing stand-up comedy for over 40 years. And uh, it's, it's you know, guitar, funny songs, uh, street jokes, uh, one-liners, Funny faces, stomping his feet. A maritime legend. Certainly in Atlantic Canada, very well known. And even doing shows in uh, Texas, Florida, and beyond. Uh, Jimmy Flynn is a comedy legend. And uh, very exciting to have him at uh, Punchline's Comedy Club. That's tonight, if you're listening, when this uh, podcast was released. December the 6th at 8 p.m. For all the upcoming shows, visit punchlinescomedyclub.ca. So thank you for listening to Birchwood Podcast. Make sure you check out the Facebook page. It has photos and stories uh, that relate to this show. Don't forget to write into the podcast if you have any you know, advice or things to say. Anything that you'd like to announce or uh, question. It's uh, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. So email me, tell me what you think. I read every email, 
and I'll read it on the show. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to this podcast, Birchwood Podcast. And if you don't know, uh, I'm a husband, father, electrician, uh, show producer, half a comedy club owner, and uh, I'm a lot of things. Uh, And this is my life in real time. It's kind of like a shitty Truman show. You get to see, well, here anyway, you get to hear my life every day. That's, I don't know. I, whoa! Oh, 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 man! <laughs> oh, my God! You lazy piece of shit! Okay, folks, uh, I got a little adrenaline there from, uh, I almost got into an accident. Somebody forgot to shovel off their uh, the roof of their car. That's a good reminder to you folks here in December. Uh, shovel off the roof of your car, you lazy fuckheads. Because uh, I just about got my windshield taken out. It hit the roof of my car. Boy, did it ever. Um, huge sheet of uh, crusty snow came off the top of some lazy motorist's car. Man, did that ever hit hard. I'm telling you, that was a surprise to me. But we uh, we survived. We persevered. And here we are. Living and alive. Both things. I don't know. I'm kind of debating. <sighs> kind of debating on stopping in at Sobeys. No, I don't even know if I want anything. Sobeys is a grocery store, if you don't know. And if you don't know, now you know, Johnny. So that's it. That's, it's quite a thing, isn't it? Listening to me yammer on about things. Uh, My sister, her dog is, uh, only got a few months to live. And, uh, so if you're listening, Wendy, uh, big hugs to you. I know losing a pet can be hard. You know, pets are like part of your family, right? So it's it's a tough one. You know what? I think I'm going to circle back to Walmart and get Leashy's Christmas presents. Oh. Can't tell you what they are because you might tell Leashy, right? And I know you bourgeois people are like, oh, Christmas gifts from Walmart, huh? You fucking peasant. Right? Because I'm a poor person. Well, fuck you, bigwig. Why don't you suck on my nutsack? Yeah. Put that on your lawn and Ross, eh? Asswipe. Wow. I got a lot of anger there, don't I? Uh, that was very aggro. That's what people are saying now. What a bullshit saying, right? Aggro. I'll show you aggro, fuck stick. I'll put popsicle sticks right up your fucking nostrils. That'll put splinters right up in your goddamn brain. <laughs> I mean, joking? I have a lot of suppressed rage, folks. I really, like if I ever come unglued, God help the people that I decide to take it out on. You heard it here first. Before you see me on the front page of the paper, you'll know. Because you listened on Birchwood Podcast and you were like, wow, that crazy fuck told us 11 episodes ago. What episode is this? I don't even know, man. It's been like, what, 39 weeks or something? It's been a lot. 
It's been a commitment, you know. Doing this podcast every single week has been a real commitment. It was more than I thought. And I know, like, some people phone it in and they do every couple of weeks or whatever, whenever they feel like it. But I, I really feel like if I have a relationship with anyone, it's with you, the listener. And what kind of a, what kind of person would I be if I promised you I'd be here every single week? Come hell or high water. And believe me, it's been both hell and high water lately. I told you I'd be here. And I'm fucking here. All right? All right. It's not much, right? But it's, you know, I'm here. I'm here talking. You're here listening. We're together right now. You and me, we're going to get through this. So if you're, you know, grabbing that steering wheel and you're like, I ain't fucking not today, Satan, not today, motherfucking, you know, that guy at work just pissing you off and you're just like, oh my, you know, I'm here, I'm with you, I understand. I know that anger. But... You know, it's the holidays, so, you, you know, make your, make your uh, sugar cookies and smile for the kids, right? Right. Oh, my God. And the bills and the Christmas. Oh, that's another thing I got to do is I, I got to buy myself some uh, chocolate chips. We talked about this last week, right? I got to get my uh, holiday fuck you cookies going. Get them sorted. Get them handed out. How many cookies should I put in each tin? I'd like to get smaller tins and put less cookies in this year. You know, I think six. Six is all you need. You don't get to supply someone with a fucking big family uh, Costco-sized cookie tin, especially homemade cookies. You know how expensive chocolate chips are these days? It's uh, unimaginable. Anyway, you motherfuckers are only getting six or eight cookies. I'll decide. I'll decide how many holiday cookies you're getting. You say, wow, that, that cheap piece of shit only got me cookies for Christmas. And I will laugh all the way to the bank. Actually, I'm just in survival mode because I don't know what in the fuck is going on with manufacturers these days, but it is obscene the amount of money things cost. You know, I got a couple of uh, sticks of PVC pipe at Kent the other day. Uh, a couple of fittings. Um, what else did I get? can of spray foam. I mean, very, very small list of stuff. It was like 75 bucks. I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Anyway. This just in, things are expensive. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a complainer, right? What the fuck? I shouldn't complain, I should be happy. Ah. <sighs> My best friend told me the other day that I will never be happy. And, you know, I I got to agree. I may never be happy. There are moments when I'm very excited and very happy and very grateful about life. You know, those moments that uh, kind of take your breath away, make you happy. You know, like so happy that you, you tear up and you feel like, uh, I don't know, uh, joy. Real joy, though, like from your heart, you're just like, oh, my God, you become overwhelmed. You know, like when your kid says something funny or cute or, you know, when uh, your dog rolls over and wants you to rub its belly or uh, one of your sworn enemies painfully dies in front of you, you know, like that sort of joy um, and, 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 and life. And I've said this before. I mean, 
it's peppered with those moments and it never you, you're always struggling to connect those moments together you know like it's it's like a string of christmas lights you know every bulb is a moment of happiness and you just want to put them together but they're all spaced apart and there seems to be a lot of bullshit in those spaces <laughs> a lot of potential problems right so you got to work the problem that's what you got to do right survival dictates you got to just work the problem right now the problem is um one of our family members is very sick so we do what we can right <sighs> Boy, I'm telling you, man, that, that hospital, man, they, they know how to take advantage. You know, it's $70 a week for people to want to have TV and it's uh, at their hospital bed. It's one of, you know, it's like a little foldy arm thing that you pull out from the wall and it's a two inch fucking screen and it has like, you know, I don't know, say for argument's sake, 30 channels and, you know. Some of them are in a different language you don't understand. Some of them are double channels or, you know, mostly news or mostly sports. Like, you know, like it's, you know, you're dealing with probably 10 good channels. And then since it's not a streaming service, you're not selecting your own programming. Some other asshole is. So it's like, you know, what do you get for $70 a week, you know? So it's $70 a week for the folks at the at the hospital, or you can stare at the fucking wall. Isn't that nice? Those are your fucking options. Like, I, I know there's a lot of nurses and doctors out there, and, and they're overworked, and they're underpaid, and God bless them, you know? And, and I know some, some people are going to have opinions about this, but, you know, this is my podcast. So why don't you put your opinion on your podcast or email the podcast at birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. And then I'll happily read your email and I will uh, very loudly disagree with you or, or very uh, loudly agree with you. But it's just, you know, I just find right from the fucking parking, you know, they privatized some of our health care in New Brunswick. Like the the high the hospital is a private organization. I don't understand why I have to pay for parking, especially when one of my family members is very sick. So why why do I have to pay for parking? Can anybody explain this to me? It goes to the hospital foundation. Well, that's fucking wonderful. Well, where's my tax go? Now that tax money paid for hospitals and schools. Anyway, listen to me. I'm only 43. I'm not 50, right? <sighs> I, I find, I, for some reason in my head, I think 50 is the year you start going, God damn, government, right? Like, isn't that the age? I still got a little bit of youth in me. I'm not a total curmudgeon. I don't have to throw away everything. I don't have to turn in my cool card. Right, dudes? Find the moments of joy. And I hope that for you, for this holiday season, find your little Christmas lights and pull them closer together. <sighs> Hug your family because uh, they're not going to be around forever. Maybe you're not going to be around forever. It's very morbid. But it has a purpose. It helps you realize that there is value to life and joy in life. So find the joy. 
hug your family, and enjoy this episode, part two, of my interview with the great comedian Rob Ross. If world events were a party in a hotel, can it be the annoying assholes coming around the next morning? Uh, peacekeeping! <laughs> I forgot to add a couple of things uh, before I roll into the Rob Ross interview. Um, This is part two, and you know that. Um, I guess I just wanted to say that it's not all doom and gloom, you know? And, uh, yeah, well, here's a couple of things that happened. I was in an Irving gas station, and uh, there was three teenage boys, young teenagers that were discussing the price of Polar Pop and uh, it's nothing it's 89 cents for any size you want and uh, I went up to the cash with my hot dog and I said uh, you know add three Polar Pops to that and it's like three bucks, right? less and Anyway, and then I just walked away, right? We were all digging for change and everything. And Anyway, I almost got away, but they ran out and said thank you. And uh, that was something nice that happened. You know? You don't, you don't have to spend a lot of money to, to make things good. And then there was, uh, you know, my girlfriend's dad's in the hospital, so I... Saw a little light up angel ornament in the gift shop and I, I bought it. It was not expensive. But you turn it on and look it has a little switch in the bottom and it turns from red to green to blue to red to green to blue, you know? It's something for him to look at other than the hospital TV. And uh yeah, he drew a little tear, you know. I told him a fellow like him ought to have an angel on his side and something to look at other than the TV sometimes. And he said thank you. And I don't know. Thought it'd help. Some kind of distraction, you know? Anyway, I hope that's what I am for you. Some kind of distraction. Here we go. For real this time. This is part two of my interview with the hilarious. Rob Ross. No, no, not me. Um, when <laughs> I was like, women are It's people. a fantasy. And then uh, I had a daughter. I was like, oh, my God, women Until are people. she's not going to do it. And uh, so then I started, like, seeing women with, like, partially clothed. And I'd be like, oh, that's, she's probably cold. Like, I wonder where her dad is. You should call your dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's only ruined it for me. If they're cold, you get a lap dance. <laughs> and warm them up, for God's sake. But yeah, the whole the whole strip club thing, it's kind of like, uh, oh, we're, there's no other way to say where we are. Like, oh, 9 Sydney Street. And people are like, hmm. You know, across from the Irving office building. They're like, who? Why? <laughs> I'm like, by the strip club. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows the strip club. Sure. So, <laughs> maybe it shouldn't bother me. I don't know. It's, you know, I'm, my friend's a bartender in a strip club right now, and she has to walk around pretty much naked. 
Does it bother her? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to be doing it. No. And uh, she hates it. But I went to visit her. I thought, oh, this will be fun. It's... I haven't been to a strip club in a while. And she's going she's gonna to talk to me. I was at her bar talking to her. And yeah. We're like, yeah, you know this isn't me, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not me either. Yeah, let's just go. Let's go for a hike tomorrow or something. Club 54. I did that uh, one time. We were talking about Club 54 earlier. And... Uh, I was there, and this uh, bartender had enormous breasts, mm. and I didn't say anything about that, and she didn't either. It's just I noticed that, and then I went on stage, and then all of a sudden, I I was bombing, and uh, <laughs> she she goes, I thought she yells out from the bar, I thought comedians were supposed to be funny, and oh. I, I went, I thought tits were supposed to be real. And then, <laughs> then you gotta go. But then. <laughs> I got a big laugh, and then and then I was able to recover, and and uh, I did okay. But uh, that place taught me about the magic of television. Because when I was a kid, when I saw Comedy Club Fifty Four, I was like, Jesus, like that's the big, that's the big time. Like, look at these guys on TV doing what I would love to do someday. Wow, you know. I don't, and then I, I get there, and it's everything I thought it would be, but like a little bit cardboard, like. I, the big foamy mic, you know, the big 80s uh, Nerf yeah. mic, and then Ben Guyatt in his cheesy car salesman suit, and then, like, <laughs> the, the, when they needed the room to look full, they'd, like, push the whole backdrop further ahead or, like, pull it back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's in Ontario. And, like, just everything about it just took the Hollywood magic. As soon as I saw it, I was, like, you know, like a 20-something-year-old kid. I can't remember... Is this still going? No, not the TV part. No, but the the club part. I think it is. God. But <laughs> it was okay, it was funny. How's that possible? <laughs> I did it once. I, I guess it was the first time I did stand up on TV. Yeah. And I just did. I didn't care about the being on the TV part. I didn't even ask for a copy. I was just like, I just wanted the four hundred bucks. Okay, I going to a Raptors game last year. It's a basketball team in Toronto. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm walking into the arena there. This is a five year old boy. Decked out in his Raptors gear, cute as shit. Okay, he's walking in, it's crowded. His dad's with him. He says to his dad, I smell hot dogs. And the dad goes, no you don't. <laughs> what kind of fucked up thing is that to say to a five-year-old kid? He's like, oh my god, I'm the only one who smells hot dogs. What's wrong with me? I'm the only one who smells hot dogs. I'm dying, I'm dying. I'm the only one who poops. I'm the only one who poops. I'm a dirty little boy. I think it was four hundred bucks. And you and you sign your rights away to it. No, but to his credit, Ben Guy would phone me every now and then, and go, "I sold the show to someone. And I'm going to send you a couple hundred bucks." Really? Yeah. So once in a while, he'd phone you and send you a little extra money. Jeez. Yeah. You can't you can't complain about that. That's uh, good. I, I'm sure he made a lot more. <laughs> he did. He's. I bet comedy now wasn't doing that. No. Calling fucking, people, giving the money. Fucking my comedy now is twenty years old. It still fucking airs. It was on uh, MTV Canada, my old uh, stomping ground. Which does doesn't create any content now, but they rerun uh, uh, comedy now. Comedy now, because it costs uh, basically zero. They paid a lump sum for that. It seems like a good fifty minutes work to make get uh, thirty six hundred bucks. But then you realize <laughs> what <laughs> they're making off of it over time. Right? In twenty years of airing, I doubt mine was one that aired. I wish that I more wish than others, knew, but I wish I knew what the actual number was, like what they made per. Comedy now, like well, all the Gavin Stevens and Brett Martin and oh, Matt yeah. Mellon, like all those. Just the. I remember the Manolas one. 
Man, they're all like, it's so crazy. They just capture this moment in time. And like people don't dress the same. They're older. They're yeah, they're different. You know what I mean? Almost like they're different. I was working in that building when it was on uh, the show that won't be mentioned. Yeah. And I was barely doing stand-up right before they gave me the comedy now. And my writer buddies were like, how come you got that? I was like, I, was like, I don't know, because you, maybe you're not as good as me. <laughs> and you don't even go to the club and do a set. At least I was doing sets, but yeah. I hadn't done a full set in a while. And I got it. I got it. And they were like, this is the dumbest. <laughs> if you do 50 minutes, you get the hour special. But if you don't, you get the half hour. And I go, what's the difference? Is it money? Is there more money for the hour? No, no more money. <laughs> well, then why do I want the fucking hour special? I should have done the fucking 30 minutes. That would have been way smarter. I was like, yeah, but the, you, oh, the prestige of the hour. I could have saved all that material for something else. Exactly. For but another half hour. And got paid the same. You should have got done too. You could have got to two maybe. But the best was, I didn't tell anyone. I was doing it, obviously, because that's me. And I did. I taped mine with James Cunningham. Do you know that guy? I remember him. He's on the Food Network now. He's like a, he's a lot of TV, TV hosting. Anyhow. I, I, that was <laughs> one of those names that you say. You know him if you saw him. He's a really great guy. But we're in the dressing room and I'm writing jokes down. I'm trying, I go, hey, is this funny? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, should I do this? And he says, what are you doing? You're writing jokes down? I go, yeah, I haven't done a long set in a while. And that's why my first line was, I haven't done a set in a long while, but stand up comedy is a lot like riding a bike. You can't make a living at it. That, that was my <laughs> opening line, which seemed okay. But anyhow, uh, James is like, so how many people you got here tonight? Right? For your um, taping, I go, I think my friend Alan's here. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I got, I got. Al, my buddy Al came down. You don't have people here? I go, no, no, no. He had like 50 people. Friends and family and supporters. Oh, wow. And so he, I think I went on, I must have gone on first. Russell Peters did the warm-up, actually. Oh, <laughs> so, weird. And Russell Peters doing the warm-up, and he goes, when he comes off, and I'm about to go, and he goes, I go, how are they? He goes, ah, they're not poof. He goes, they're not good. <laughs> I go, oh, fuck, if you, you can't get them, what the fuck? And, uh, that's why it's funny if you saw my comedy now has Russell's name on it as warm up guy. But uh, it, was, it was a good set. <laughs> but James goes out. I did good. You know, but uh, James is destroyed because he's, he's a great comic, but he's also got these fucking supporters. It was so smart of him. Right? They're going to give him a whole. Yeah, yeah. And after that, he got every fucking comedy network. Everything he was the guy for this and that because nice. so, he knew what he was doing because he was smart. I think, I think I must have met him at one point. Yeah, because I know the name. I don't say he didn't deserve Did it. Did he also work he, at the club at one point? No, I don't think so. No, no, no. no. James Cunningham. He's a, hmm. Yeah, I yeah. often I, I like hearing names from the past because I'm like, how did I? And then I, you know, for example, meet you, and then I'm like, oh my god, Rob Ross. Like, how how long has it been? You know, we talked. I said, I think it's been about 15 years. Like it, and it's amazing how quickly that time goes by. You say you have a son? Yep. How old's your son? Ten. Ten. Yeah, my daughter's nine. I can't believe I was... It's been ten years since the Vancouver Olympics, which I went to with CTV, sort of unofficially. But MTV, our hosts, went to be on-air people. And so I booked for the club in Vancouver during the Olympics. And I went out with them and then helped them with, like, um, segments and stuff a little bit. Yeah. Just to be there, and it was fun. That's ten years ago. Time time flies. So um, now you live in Vancouver? Uh, outside of Toronto. Oh, you live outside of Toronto now? Yeah. Awesome. And uh, you like it there? Yeah. Yeah? Cool. And uh, 
So when you you said you started because you liked Letterman, now now who who do you admire in comedy, or do you even are you a comedy fan? Because some comedians don't even oh, watch I'll, comedy. I will tell you what I. It's a whole different genre. Adam Carolla. Yeah, his podcast is sort of changed my life in a attitude towards comedy because I was like. I think I'm a better comic because I listen to him, and I, I always liked him. But I knew, when I got divorced and I was like, got laid off at the same time, and my dad died, and I was like, huh, I'm alone now. I just started listening to him, and he fills so much content. <laughs> this is good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. It's 25. Everything's going wrong. Furnace is gone. Gotta get new appliances. You know, it's bullshit. I'm trying to. I'm cheap. I'm trying to save the windows. For another winter, I'm on the roof doing that, you know, the, the, the cocky. You know I'm talking about doing the cocky all over the place, trying to save those windows. It's messy. It's all over me. It's ugly. It's, it's a bukkake. There's a bukkake on the roof. It's crazy. Let's bring this up. I have, to, I have to go to the bathroom. One, okay, I'm tired. What am I going to do? Climb down the ladder to go inside? Fuck that. I pissed on my own roof like a hero. Right? Right into the eavesdrop. I felt like a king. I felt like, I felt well, I own this house now. Right on. I was so happy. I told my wife at the time, hey, I just pissed on the roof. What a feeling. You know what she says? She goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, what if the neighbors see you pissing on the roof? What are you going to think of us? I, go, who I said, who gives a shit? Who's going to mess with this guy now? The guy who pisses on his own roof. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Every day. And he's so fucking good at it. He's unbelievably funny. He's, I, I didn't realize how funny. And nowadays, you mentioned Adam Carolla to a lot of comics. They're like, oh, the other guy said women aren't funny. And he's the... He went on Bill O'Reilly, he's a right-wing guy. He's none of those things. He's, honestly, one of the funniest people. He's a good, decent guy, but he's, like, so fucking well-rounded as a human. Like, he's so many different skill sets and his ability to... Just, he's a mechanic, he's a... Entrepreneur, a yeah. writer, a performer. He's ever, it's so fucking... It's exhausting to mention all the things he does. Like, I... Yeah, the but, uh, he doesn't need to do like cruises too or something where it's like everybody well, yeah, comes live, and they, drinks sangria. And, yeah, they do live podcasts on cruises and the, the theaters and you know, yeah. it's, it's inspirational stuff. And that, yeah. but it's he's so naturally funny. And the best comics go on his show, and they're always in awe of him. They're like, he just riffed. He just riffed a bit I would do for twenty years. Like he just comes. It's off the top of his head. It's so. Remarkable, really. Yeah, and I, I do. And, I, I love his show also. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Bald so, Brian. And yeah, <laughs> I listen to it every day. Yeah, yeah. I listen to it every day, and then I listen to the best ofs on the weekend. And yeah, I talk to Kelly Dixon about it all the time, and my friend Ian Bags on it once in a while. That's always fun for me to hear him on there. And that is that's fun for me too when yeah. I see people that I've known get, get but, successful <laughs> and yeah. But yeah, it's a, he's just super. It's just uh, and he's like what fifty five years old and. He's still got all this Killing it. energy, and he go, on stage, he's doing more stand-up now, and he's really good at it. And, well, started, and I realized, I think it might have affected me, because I was like, a few years ago, I went, I got the abilities. I go up there, I can, just, I can talk about whatever I want. I can sell whatever I want. I know it's good. That's like what he does. He doesn't have to like try these jokes out and hone them so closely. He's like, I know I'm funny. I want to say this, and you're going to like it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, it changes. You, yeah. Change, you change as you get older, and it. So the same way, sort of Letterman affected me when I was a kid. Corolla affected me older because I was like, "Oh, I can still do this." There's still there's still some hope here. Yeah, Corolla's not a bad. Uh... Yeah, like it's, it's a he's a. It's funny because I, I I don't mention him to younger comics though. I go, "What podcast do you listen to?" I go, "Oh, there's a bunch of them." But <laughs> a lot of them, are, some of them are fans, and I'm like, "Oh, Adam Corolla." Oh, 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 oh. 
Like, who the fuck do you listen to? The Nerdists? They're fucking knobs. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Corolla's actually funny. And, I, and they, uh, I had to stop listening to the Nerdists because it was driving me crazy. Yeah, these guys. Like, I like, and Joe Rogan. Like, oh, yeah, I know you're cool. You listen to Joe Rogan. I like Joe Rogan, too. It's fucking two hours. It's not... It's not it's in... It's intelligent, but it's not entertaining. With uh, with Rogan, I de- it depends on who he has on. He's great, but sometimes I like to listen to the ones where he gets on to talk topics of the hunters or the comedians. Yeah. Like I like listening to Artie Lang; it was awesome. Yeah, he's great. Good interview. Um, but <laughs> yeah, if he has some neuroscientology, I'm just I like know. I can't. I, I can't. Know. I don't have that time. Exactly. <laughs> but but Corolla keeps it light. Corolla, no, we, yeah. Corolla took the structure of a radio show into a podcast, and he has segments, and he does all these things. Funny when he does the advertising. Yeah. I try to be when I, the when I do advertising the, on, the, on the stage. But he's smart. He has segments, and he yeah. d- does it like a radio show, and it works. And it's, uh, it's like really like, it's like I have to listen to this every day, because even though it's coming out a, sort of a day after the events, it's like they tape it, and you, see, you hear it the next morning. Yeah. You, I know all the, you know, you want to hear his take on things and the other people on the show. And it's just really professional. It's not like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah it's not like this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm talking. Where, where's the... Where's I the, do edit this, by the oh, way. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're not live right now? No. But, I, I, but yeah, it's like... And I was in the car with a couple comics who I like. One really... I'm not going to mention their names. One's a younger guy, and... One was this uh, good... Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, a gay guy, mm-hmm. good guy, friends, long time, and he was interested in. Uh, we were talking about OJ trial or something, and the 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 miniseries. And I said, "Oh, one of those guys is gonna be on the uh, on a podcast I listen to. You should listen to it tomorrow." And he goes, "Oh, which podcast?" I go, "Adam Carolla." And he goes, "Oh, Adam Carolla." Oh, he's like, it's, "I'm like going." I was like, "What?" And then then the young guy in the back go. What? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I don't. And he said, I don't hate Adam Carolla. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I go, why are you even bringing this up? Hate. What's this? What? 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 And like, he's the fu- he'd be the funniest guy in this car. Uh, I mean, between all of us, and they're acting like oh, Adam Carolla. Like, why? Because he's old. Because he said that to some fucking asshole interviewer asked him who's funnier, men or women, and that had to be a story in the news. And I remember going, oh fuck. I, I... Yeah, but. He is a guy who'll say, if you quoted him for a lot of things, it's like, he'll say fucking really What's inappropriate your... things because he's not, it, it, people don't understand these days, you were asking me about yeah. political correctness and comedy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you say things because they're not right. And you, that means you know that's not really who I am, right? So that's like, you'll say something a little off-putting. Yeah, right? that's and, right. And it's, that proves you're actually, because if you think that's funny, it means you're not actually that. That's right, yeah. And I, that's I what Corolla that. does. And he, yeah. and he says on Boston House, so he says anything he wants. Mm. But some of it... That is the is, cool thing. Even though I don't, I don't agree with all of it, but yeah. I, it makes me laugh. That <laughs> is the cool thing about guys like Rogan and Corolla. It's just, they take their own life and they're just living it and, yeah. and making it profitable. Which is, you know, on a smaller scale, that's what you're doing. You're, you're doing stand-up. You're writing for television. You're doing what you want to do. And you're very good at it. So, so far. So far. So, I mean... Talk to me in 10 years when I'm pushing 60. To, to me, like running a comedy club and doing a podcast are just ways that I can be close to comedy. But I really admire... You're not going to perform in your, your club? Chances are I will not. What? I know that a lot of people ask me that. And uh, the truth is... You are up there getting laughs last night? Yeah. And I, and I like that. But 
I've kind of created a format where I, I am up there and I do the advertising and I try to make it funny just so that it's not boring for the crowd. And the sponsors pay for the show. Like as much as the ticket sales are great, you know, without the advertising money, we could not fly you and pay you. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I try to play both sides, which is different than stand up. You know, stand up is so pure. You, you, that's your canvas and paint. You know what I mean? You can make whatever you want out of this, which is what's beautiful about it. And what's beautiful about what you do is that, you know, you have this rapid fire delivery. You say things that are edgy, even though you don't feel like they're edgy, but they're still, you know, palatable to the crowd. I mean, they loved you last night. You know what I mean? And you, as you said, you made a decision in 2014 or so that you were going to, you know, destroy from now on. You were going to focus on this. Mm -hmm. And now you don't have the distraction of the writing job. So, but are you opposed to ever taking a writing job again? No. Or no, you know, no, 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 no. But I mean, but you like this path you're on. You like, yeah. Like I, there's shows I have friends who work on certain shows, even people I've hired before who have jobs on writing on shows. But I'm like, I could hit them up, but I'm like, uh, who knows if it would, I could get on them at this point, but uh, just because they're already filled these shows. But I'm like, I don't want to work on that show. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I don't. It's not my thing. I don't want to work on that show. Um, I'd rather wait for a. I'd take the money to work on any show, honest, obviously. But yeah, I worked on Canada's Smartest Person. That was the fucking biggest nightmare I ever had in writing. Really, it paid a lot. Yeah, for me, it paid a lot. But it was hard to work with. I worked. People. With, yeah. I worked closely with two people I liked, and the rest of the people in charge were complete assholes and took it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I suffered through that for the money. Here's the thing I did. I got an uh, early Christmas present. Family burial plot. Who's with me? <laughs> Gotta do it. We got a family burial plot. Although my parents are divorced, it's gonna be kind of weird. My mom will be buried on one side of the cemetery, right? Then my dad way on the other, right? So of course I'll be buried next to my mom, right? Then on the weekends. But hey, stay together. Two two dead Christmases. Yeah, and I'll suffer through it again, probably. Not that show, but another show. Hopefully. I can relate to that somewhat. <laughs> I mean, I could go to a potash mine in Saskatoon right now and make unbelievable money, but Ooh. I like being here. How do I get into that? Into the potash yeah. mine? Yeah. <laughs> I want into that. Well, Seriously, I say, well, we were talking at lunch today about how I'm like, I kind of want to do something else just to prove I can do something else because that's all I've done. So I'd like to do something else just to prove I can do. But I don't know yeah. what that is. I don't know either. I know that uh, I do the electrical trade, so for me it was yeah. five years and 9,000 hours, and it was basically mostly guilt-related because I didn't want my children not to know me. Yeah. Like I, I talked to a comedian who had been doing stand-up, been on the road for 30 years, mm. and we both know him. I want to say his name, but he doesn't know his you know, 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know? well, yeah. But it kills me because I see... You on the road and happy, and you know what I mean? It's just like, damn it. I don't see this is an unusual. I don't go away that much. I see my son almost every day. Yeah. Because I'm home usually in the week, right? So I see him after school every day. But yeah. But if you're booked up on the weekends, then you don't see him on the weekends as much. Yeah. I, sometimes I get home early enough on a Sunday, but yeah, I, I'm lucky I see him a lot. But yeah, I'm never going to go away for more than. I'm not going to go on the road for 
six months. Five weeks or at a time. <laughs> Even five weeks. You said six months. I'm like, the most I'll go away is three weeks. Yeah. And that means like about three weekends more like somewhere like two weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. My kids, I'm divorced too, by the way, huh. and uh, my kids stay with me one week and then go back to their mothers for another week. So this Sunday at noon, my kids come back. It's always uh, fun. I got a nine-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son, hmm. and uh, that was from the same mother and my ex-wife. And now the girl that you met, Alicia, she's my the kid's stepmother, huh. and she's really, really good with them, and, and uh, she's actually become friends with my ex-wife. And that makes me uncomfortable, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I that. <laughs> but I'm actually friends with my ex-wife and her new husband, so it's a it's a big uh, yeah. it's a big fucking weird. And then we had a birthday party, uh, my daughter's birthday party at the ex-wife's house, and me and my current girlfriend went. Oh. We were invited. Hmm. We thought it was strange that we got the invite. We show up, and it's my ex-mother-in-law. Her, my my wife's grandfather, or my ex-wife's grandfather, two sisters. Like, it's basically my whole family before the divorce. I walk in there and I go, wow, it's like stepping into a time machine, isn't it? Big laugh right away. <laughs> I was like, so I always want to do stand-up in my everyday life, but I can't do what you do. Like, I feel like I can't. I can't do that. I can't do it in real life. No. I try to be, I, I'll think of things that I could say that'd be funny, say it like in a... At a bank teller or in a supermarket line, I just don't do it. Well, like I'll do things. Like, <laughs> I'll do things like I'll be at Tim Hortons. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, "Can I get a coffee?" And they're like, "What do you want?" And I'm, I'm like, "Well, can I get a black coffee?" And uh, she's like, "Sure, black coffee." Yeah. I said, "I know you can't tell by looking at me, but I'm a black man." So little things like that to make right. people laugh. I would. Uh... <laughs> it's the closest I can get to living my dream. I, I gotta... <laughs> How sad is that? It makes that? me uncomfortable because I. I was in my building one time, and there's these two gay guys living in the building, and that was the little dog, right? And I've never seen the dog before. We're getting my getting my mail out, and they're nice guys, and they, the dog started barking. This is a few years ago when what I'm about to say was in the news. <laughs> the dog's going at me like, ah, it seems to be mad at me, and I, I get along with dogs fine. And, and I said, I never really just say nothing, and I said, I think he thinks I'm Michael Vick. <laughs> like that. I didn't think that was very funny, right? I didn't think I was very funny. That is funny. It wasn't that funny to me, but... Those two guys laughed so hard. They were like, oh my God, that's funny. They're like hugging each other. And I'm, I'm walking away. I, and they stayed by the mail and I'm at the elevator. I can still hear them laughing when I'm going up the elevator. And I go, well, I guess that's nice that I could make them laugh. But I, I, now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> that's, that's just, this is my building. I don't want to fucking know. I got pressure to be. He's funny all the time, yeah. Oh, what, is he, <laughs> what do you got for me today? <laughs> See you in the laundry room there. and uh... Like I was saying, the pub I go to, no one knows I'm a comedian. Got any soap jokes? <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. Oh, my God. Like I say, the pub I go to in my neighborhood, only a couple people there. There's, I'm one of the regulars, sadly, which I don't want to be anymore, but there's, like, probably 20 regulars, and I'd say three of them know I do stand-up. <laughs> man, you're you're lucky, man. You got a, you got a son. You you are incredibly funny, handsome dude. Yeah. Single. Are you, are you, are you out there on the, on the prowl looking for the oh, ladies? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wasn't, eh? Hey, when I when I was divorced, I was like, well, I was. It. That was, started off real good. Yeah, I was like, that's it for me. That's what I thought after my marriage ended. I was like, I met a girl on I'm a train. I met this young girl on a train, this actress. Right when, but I still that at the sounds house. romantic but already. I was, I was still at the I met house. Met this young lady on a, a train. I was still 
working downtown, but I'm still living. I'm still living at the house, right? I, I was sleeping in separate rooms. They were waiting for me to move to my condo. Yeah. But I met this girl. She's. I want to tell you, she's very young. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was like at least twenty-seven or eight. Yeah. The way she was dressed and she's really pretty. She's twenty-one. I, I was like. I just started making her laugh on the train. I don't know what something happened. That I made her laugh when we started talking, and <laughs> I'd never done this in my life. I said, "Do you want to go? Do you want to go for a drink?" And where are you going, Whitby? I, I'm getting off in Whitby. I said, "Do you want to go for a drink?" And she went, "Yeah." <laughs> I said, I jokingly said, "Do you want to go to the Royal?" What's the Royal? Is a strip the... club in Whitby. Oh. And she went, "I love the Royal." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and so we went, and this pretty young girl I met on the train. We're getting a lap dance together within like an hour. I'm like, this divorce is gonna be amazing. <laughs> and then that is not my divorce story. No, and then it sort of hung out with her a bit. And then kind of she moved on to. Uh, we weren't together or anything, but I thought this, uh, I was like, I just wanted to hang out with her. She's so cool, uh, and she, I haven't talked to her in a long time. But then I started, yeah. It just went. It started out good, really high point, and then a little bit. Then now it's just off the. Oh my god, that's amazing. But now it's I like love it. The last. So what happened? With what? You you were cool with her for a bit, and then it was just. Crazy. Oh, that wasn't a real thing, but um. <laughs> yeah, it ended quickly. I did date. I did. I met a girl at my friend's engagement party, and she was. I, I sort of turned her. We spent a couple nights together, and then I turned her down. This is how shallow I am. I didn't realize I was shallow. I'm not really, but I, I wasn't that into her. She owns her own, she has her own um, talent agency, right? She's like from Montreal. She's French. She likes hockey. She's really. She She's really, on paper. That's your mate. She yeah. really likes me. Uh, she, we, we had a good time together. She's smart. Now her agency's blown up. Like she represents people who get nominated for Oscars. She's <laughs> traveling around. Last time, last time I saw her, she did the You Ju really blew it wrong. I know. She's at the Junos. But there, here's the thing. <laughs> Like I was, at, I was working on the Junos, and she, oh, there she is. She represents like a bunch of the people, and she's, oh, my agency. She, fuck. And I go, oh, hey. But uh, even then, I wasn't. But then, I'm going through where I, uh, Billy Bishop Airport in Toronto, and I see a billboard. She's on this billboard, modeling for some for the airport. Like she's, uh, she's lost. She was attractive before, but she got really fit. She lost all this weight. She's got this, now she's a model. <laughs> <laughs> And now that I've seen her being a model and I've seen all these hot pictures of her, I, out of nowhere, I'm like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> That's evil. Hey, you want to go to a Habs game? I'll get some tickets. I got some, I pretended I got line, line up for some Habs tickets when they're in Toronto. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to go. <laughs> like, uh, Did you go? No, they were too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> and she kept telling me, I really like Rob. And my friend's like, forget about Rob. He's not into it. Forget about Maybe in a few years when he sees you on a billboard and you're successful, uh, he'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get to the billboard status <laughs> to even qualify. Oh, uh, fuck. I feel like a dick. And she was the nicest person. And I've dated such a fucking asshole since. Yeah. It's hard out there, man. Uh, I, I, my divorce... I had, to call the, I had to threaten to call the police on a woman recently. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dating is harder than I thought it oh, she's. No, I sound like um, some sort of... Desirable guy, you stalk. I, I, I joked that she was a stalker. She was just a pathetic drunk person who met me at my bar and at the bar I go to, and we were both drunk and we hung out. But she's unemployed and she's got two DUIs and she's just like a just, just a hot mess. 
Yeah, I wanted someone to hang, and I'm like, I regret having you over. <laughs> um, but I'm being, I'm super, I'm being nice. I'll be your friend. Uh, but she wanted all this other stuff. I was like, I, I'm not into it. I, can't, I'm, I had to be as nice as I can. And she didn't want to be rejected. So she started attacking me, saying I'm a loser. I'm a fucking failed comic. I'm a, I'm a, a fat. I, I'm just like, oh, I'm fat now. Just, <laughs> you don't even own your car. You're, you're not fat for the listeners. Guess, you're not <laughs> fat at all. I don't have a, I said, she's all these weird, she's, uh, so I had to be mean to her so it should go away. I've never blocked anyone with my phone before. I had to figure out how to do it. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? I actually had to block it. She showed up at my place drunk. I had to tell security people not to let her in and don't let her say she knows me. She showed up at my show drunk in Oshawa and tried to get in. And I was like, man. (laughs) So now i got to, like, my head's got to be on a swivel in my own neighborhood. I hope she moves. But she's just fucking out of it. Uh Uh-oh. And she was telling people I was her boyfriend. That's not good for advertising. If you're, if you're single. <laughs> I I, this, trust me, this is a pub I come to talk to old retired guys about hockey. I, I don't I, I don't think it's a pickup bar. It was one night I got drunk. And she's, she's fucking up your watering hole there. She's not allowed in there. She gets fucking banned from places. Mm. Just one of these women to go, you ever been to this bar in town? Oh yeah, I got banned from that one for throwing ice cubes at the bartender. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you want to go to this other bar? Ah, oh, I'm bad. I can't go in there either. I go, uh oh. <laughs> There's a pattern here. Yeah. What a fucking freak. I feel my, sorry for her. My uh, girlfriend that I have, I got her from uh, Facebook. Ooh. Yeah. She saw pictures of me with my little dog. Because mm. when I got divorced, the, the ex wife was like, I don't want this dog. You take it. And it wasn't. I was just so depressed that I didn't even. I didn't really want the dog. But I was like, ah, all right, fine. I get the dog. Mm. And I had to move into my. Uh, my stepfather had an extra house. You know how you have extra houses out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got this extra house. Party house. <laughs> kind of. It was his dad's house. And then him and his two sons kept it to like work on their tractors and a meeting place to get away from the wives, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I moved in. Cause, uh, you know, I was like, uh, well, uh, Amy's leaving me. I said, uh, <coughs> so I need a place to go. And I was noticing you had an extra house there. And he, and, uh, he lovingly said, well, you got to go somewhere. So I was like, cool, dad. <laughs> Everyone's got to go somewhere. <laughs> and then I, so I go there and then, uh, this dog, it doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. I, you know, there's a dog. I'm not like, Oh my dog. Oh, I love you. You know, I was just like, yeah, there, a dog here and I put the food. And then I started having to feed it, walk it, take it out. And then I started developing this relationship with this dog. So then I started taking pictures of me and this dog everywhere. Put on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the ladies like that, eh? Oh, yeah. Especially this uh, lady, Alicia. And uh, Alicia. she's like, I got a dog. And uh, she messages me on Facebook. She says, uh, why don't we walk our dogs together? Whoa. But it had been so long and I was so dead inside. I just said, well, you live in St. John. I live in Grand Bay. Can't you find someone a little closer to walk your dog with, lady? Like, are you crazy? You know? Uh-huh. And uh, I, wasn't just, I wasn't even aware that she was, like, trying to hit on me. You know? Mm. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that is how we met and, uh, and, and it's been great. I'm, I'm, there you go. The other side of it is, you know, I didn't want to be divorced. I was happy being miserable. I, I was like, I'm, I'm fine with the couch. I just don't want a divorce. I don't want lawyers. I don't want bullshit. Yeah. I didn't want any of that. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to leave my son. I, I didn't want to, I felt bad about that. I didn't want to be with my, we weren't supposed to be together after a certain amount of time. 
Yeah. It was pretty good for a while. I was going to work it out for my son's sake, but now it works out pretty good for him because we're both getting along and we're both close, living close. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's I see him a lot. Huge. And I'm in his life a lot, so that's good. You ever go on a long trip with these kids? It's hard, eh? So much shit you got to remember. Okay, he's four years old. We drove from Toronto to Maine, not too far from here. It's 11 hours. Boom. Do it all in one shot. Get down there. His mom's bragging everybody. What a little hero he was in the car. He didn't cry. He didn't complain. What a little prince. Didn't kick the seats. Yeah, all it took was an iPad with 10,000 apps on it, right? A portable DVD player with 50 DVDs, right? Every book from a shelf, every stuffed animal from his bed, right? A cooler full of the allergen-free snacks. His little banjo, he play the banjo, and look himself in the mirror in the back of the seat while the iPad's charging. Yeah, what a hero. How do you survive that? I have no idea. Wow. When I was a kid, my dad used to drive us from Vancouver to California every summer. You know what he brought with him? His cigarettes and Neil Diamond cassettes. So like, oh, but uh, he's not Rob Jr., is he? He's Robert Cameron Ross, but he goes by Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. So he is actually Robert. Is his first name? Yeah, that was a bad. That was stupid. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's what my dad's name was and his dad's. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I wish I'd, I would have not done that. Now, now he has a lot of pressure. He's no. got like five generations of Roberts, right? We all, well, hopefully it turns around because we've all been going downhill since. Like, like <laughs> What do you mean? My grandfather was like a um, pro soccer player, businessman, war hero. And my dad was still pretty good. Like a, he was an engineer, did quite a lot of stuff. And then and I'm doing this. And then <laughs> this is below all of that, obviously. And then uh, my son hopefully will... It'll take it out of the nosedive. There you go. Pull there it up. Uh, yeah. Right? Oh, that's awesome, man. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know... Um, I was going to tell you about... A, I, uh, I have to go to the bathroom, but I was going to tell you about a woman I met on Facebook. Yep. On, I was just looking at the, the big fake Hollywood St. John sign up on that hill. Oh, is that new? No, it's been here forever, but... I don't know if you noticed it before. I saw it. Yeah. Um... So, we'll just wrap up here, but I just wanted okay. to uh, ask you a few more questions. So, okay. what, what's, what do you think is next for you? Is, is there a next, or are you... Well, I'm doing some more shows, I know that. More stand-up? Yeah, i got a bunch of shows. Nice, where are you going next? I'm going to Ottawa for that uh, gig I booked. Nice. That'll be, hopefully that'll go all right, and then I'm going to Edmonton, Calgary... Do a little Western run. Just those two, and then uh, I think Vancouver in January, and then Niagara Falls, some New Year's show. Awesome. Where can people find you? Find me. Like on social media? I was about to say the Hotel Lounge in about... No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, bye. Oh, this isn't live. There's no beautiful women are going to meet me. Okay, no. Um, I do have a Twitter, but I don't check it, so don't bother that. And uh, I do have an album. But be the one person to buy my album on iTunes. Uh, oh, what's that called? I think it's called... Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, it's Come to This. That's what it's called. Nice. And it's on Spotify as well? I don't think so. No, it's just iTunes. Just iTunes? I don't think anyone's bought it, but it streams on XM or somewhere. It's Come to This. Come to this, and it's not very good, but I'm gonna do a better one and then next year. And uh, gonna do so. An album is big on your list for next, a better okay. I now I know how to do it. I just 
I didn't do it properly, but it, I made a little money off it, but it's like, a, I could do a good one. I might redo some of the stuff I did on that album. But I'd like to do a good one that I could go, oh. Do you have a working title? Do you have, do you have ideas? Um, oh, God, I did have a good title the other day. I'll try to think of it. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I had a, a, a film crew had yeah. a theater rented. I did my hour, yeah. and uh, it just wasn't what I wanted. So I didn't, I have the footage. And it's awesome because it's like all these amazing angles, and it's edited together so well. And I just, it just sits there. Yeah. I didn't release it for, it took me a year. I didn't even know how to do it. Like, I, I thought, you know, XM had had the, I thought they just put, put the bits out. <laughs> I didn't know I had to put out an album at all. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I got my friend to help me, and he he did it all for me basically. And uh, it's only thirty minutes because I hated so much of the set. <laughs> I weaned it down to thirty. I was like, why am I swearing so much? But it was good, like, because um, I listened to myself, and I, I was actually going, Ugh, I hate that. What am I saying that for? Fuck. And so I changed my act. I made my act better because I actually listened to myself for the first time in twenty five years. <laughs> do you do you write jokes down no. or do well, you, a little bit like just point form? Kind of thing. I, just, I sometimes just, I don't know why I bother because I, I think once I, I go on a, I don't do it much because I just have a file and I just start typing things out just so they're there. But once I've typed it out, it's in my head, so I don't really look at them. Yeah, you have a good memory. <laughs> yeah, once I say it, I know it, how to say it. Awesome. I don't like worry about, it's like, you shouldn't really study your jokes word for word and go, I gotta say this, these exact words, it's too much pressure. Yeah. If it's good, if it's something worth saying, you'll know how to say it. You know, that's it. That's it. Just, just, just talk now, like you talk naturally in a conversation, which is what you learn from yeah. uh, listening to Corolla a bit. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, there's, you're you like, I'm just gonna be me. Yeah, and I am funny, and I know I'm funny. I probably tell my jokes different a different way each time. No, some of them not, but a lot of them I probably word differently. A lot, but I don't know. It's been. Uh, one of the greatest pleasures uh, of my life, being able to talk to you. Uh, I love your stand-up. I hope people check out your album. Uh, it's come to this on iTunes, and they look for the follow-up. And, of course, uh, as soon as that comes out, I'll be I'll be sharing that on my social media and okay, letting people thanks. know it's out there. And, uh, and uh, man, you, you killed last night, and I, I can't wait to see your show tonight, and I'm sure it's going to be lots of fun. And, it's uh, going to be even more even more Rob Ross. Even <laughs> Rob Ross here. <laughs> That's a great title. Like the, Trump, like the Charlie Brownist. Even more Rob Ross. Even more Rob Ross. Well, you know, I, I probably have enough uh, audio here to do like a part one, Rob Ross part one and part two. Right. So uh, hey. maybe I'll call the part two even more Rob Ross. <laughs> My friend Ian likes the story I told him about when I was a kid and I saw the drunk driver on 2020. This kid who killed seven of his friends in a pickup truck. And uh, his name was Rob Ross. <laughs> and the m woman from Mothers Against Drunk Driving said, we got to get rid of the Rob Rosses of the world. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm like 12 years old. I go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Can I not be named Rob Ross? What do they do? <laughs> I was like, that was scary. Well, you're a funny man. And uh, I can't wait to see your show tonight. And uh, thanks a lot for doing the podcast. Thank you.